So, if that's the case, then you need to understand that the Lord wants to open your mind. He wants to, He wants you to understand things that's deeper. But again, it's up to you if you're going to allow Him to do that. He wants to do that, but you've got you determine whether you allow Him to to work with you. If you don't want to, He's not going to do that. The Holy Spirit doesn't force you into something. He waits for you to allow Him to to open up to to whatever He's teaching. So we see in this that now he uses natural things to do that. So let's look at an example, a, a quick example, just a normal one. If we look at rain, let's look at rain. We all know what rain is. It's a natural occurrence. It feeds nature, gives water, feeds nature, plants can grow, becomes green, life. We all know what the rain can do. Huh? We all saw it in South Africa and all over the world. I see in Australia it's raining now. It's going to bring life. It's going to look beautiful after this fire. Everything that's going to come out of this destruction, that beauty that's going to come out of it. And rain is the cause of that. If it doesn't rain, the beauty won't come forth out of that burnt ashes. But out of that burnt ashes, only water can bring forth life. Okay? And we're talking about rain here. So, Jesus in the Bible, He explains it to you not to make it difficult. He's explains to you that His Holy Spirit is water. There's a couple of verses in the Bible that He actually tells you that His Holy Spirit is it's an image, a picture, type of water. What is a type of the Holy Spirit? Okay? He says, streams of living water will flow out of you. We all know those verses. Okay? Streams of living water will flow out of you. John 7 verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow the rivers of living water. The picture that of the Holy Spirit that's happening in us as believers today. The lady at the well of Samaria, John 4, 14, it says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Can you see he's giving you something spiritual there? He's using normal water in the sentence that he's giving this lady. And I'm sorry, but I don't think she had a clue what he was saying in the beginning. She had no clue. Because she actually says, uh, you want to tell me this water is something wrong or this Jacob's well? And But he's, again, not talking to her mind. He's talking to her spirit. That the spirit must get something out of this. He's not talking to her intellect and mind. She goes automatically, intellect, mind, what's he saying? The biggest example, the easiest example for you to see how we do this, and this is a this is, for me, the biggest problem in the church today is the way we interpret stuff. That's why the church is in such dire straits at the moment with what's going on all over the world. We keep on seeing something that the Lord is showing us, but we make it flesh, not spirit. Because we don't understand to, to ask the Holy Spirit to open this thing up for us and explain it to us. A very easy example, which you all know, but I guarantee you all still do it today. I've got to check myself also. If we look at the normal place in the Bible where the where Jesus came and he said to the to the Pharisees and them, listen, I'm gonna break down the temple and rebuild it in three days. He didn't say I'm gonna my body is the temple and I'm gonna break this body down in three days and then I'm gonna rise from the dead in three. He didn't say that to them. He said, I'm gonna knock down the temple and raise that up in three days. He didn't give them any insight into what he's saying. He just gave them the natural. And they flipped 
because they had no clue what he was saying. And they started saying, how can he build this? We took us 40 what, years to build this thing, and you want to come and do it in three days? Because what did they do? They immediately, in their brain, went, he's talking about the natural building, so that's what he's talking They had no insight into the spirit to see that he's actually talking spiritual stuff to them. And today I see it so many times when I talk to believers, they hear something from the Lord, but then they go look at it and make it a physical thing. But they don't ask the Holy Spirit to open this thing up to see what is it actually saying to them. Okay. And it's funny, you can ask any believer, do they know that scripture about Jesus saying he's going to knock the temple down in three days? They all will know it and say, yeah, that's something spiritual. And then you ask him, well, why is the rest of the Bible not spiritual then? Why only that one verse that you all know? Why are you only choosing one verse there to make it spiritual, but the rest of the Bible you don't see spiritual? And the only reason why you take that one verse as spiritual is because it says it in the Bible and you were taught that from a pastor or domini or whatever reverend taught you that. That's why you only know that one. You've never went to look, is there any other in the Bible? Because they haven't mentioned any other, so you didn't go and look for any other. Because you just think, okay, that one is the only one that's like that. But like I said, Jesus, Paul, that's the only way they spoke. In the whole Bible. Alright. That's why if you read the Old Testament today, it's one of the most exciting books to read because the whole of the Old Testament is a type of Jesus Christ. And it's awesome if you go find him there to see what is true there. There's not one page in your Bible that hasn't got an image, a type of Jesus Christ in it in the Old Testament. Hidden away, which the Holy Spirit can reveal to you. Okay. So we all know with rain, what is rain for? It's to bring forth life. Um, if, you look at, if you look at crops on a farm, um, crops on a farm, what does it need the water for? To grow, for flowers, for crops. That's what we need it for. Otherwise, the, the farmer can't sustain his business, can't have a farm anymore. The same is with us, with the water. That's a type of the Holy Spirit. We cannot survive without the Holy Spirit actively working in us. We need it to grow, like the plants. We need it to bear fruit, like the plants. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, or if you don't use the Holy Spirit inside of you, your fruit is going to be very plastic. Okay, nobody's going to want to come and eat it. You make it shiny and all, looking all good and well, but if somebody wants to come and take a bite, they're going to see it's plastic. It's fake. Because it's not from the Holy Spirit. It's from your intellect. You're doing this stuff to make your fruit look, and it's actually Jesus' fruit that they want to eat, not yours, right? But you're the tree, the Bible says. You're like a tree standing next to a river. That's why we need to have fruit, because the Bible sees us as trees. And there's a lot of verses, if you don't believe me, that shows you that in the Bible. That's why the Bible keeps on saying you've got to bear fruit. What bears fruit? A tree. Okay? Alright, so, understand, rain in the Bible. So, when why I'm using rain as an example is, so wherever you read rain in the Bible, in the natural, in your scriptures, you've got to go start asking questions, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me now, spiritually, out of that rain that's in the Bible? Because it's something to do with the Holy Spirit, maybe. Yeah. So that it can make that story become alive in a different way for you. Like the Red Sea, all of a sudden shows to baptism. The water becomes baptism. They had to go through the water to get baptized. We've got to go under the water to get baptized. The same picture, same image, all over the Bible. Jesus went under the water... To get cleansed, washed away, all the sins, okay? So, 
if we look at Luke 24, as Jesus walking with the two people from the Emmaus, maybe some of you have read that part in the Bible where the, Jesus walked with them. This is after he's now dead. They mourning because the Messiah is dead. They're not thinking he's he's going to get raised up. Even though he said it to them, they, they didn't believe it at that stage. They were mourning he's dead. The one that's going to save them from the Roman oppression is dead. That's what they thought. But he starts talking about Moses. Listen to what he's talking about. Yeah, Jesus, when he walks with them on the on the road to Emmaus. He talks to them about Moses, the prophets. And he shows him. It says in your Bible, I'm going to read you the, the, the description. And it says there, and he showed them the scriptures pertaining him. Now, they didn't have a Bible back then. They only had the first five books. But he was showing them in the first five books, scriptures pertaining him. And they still didn't realize it was him walking with them at that stage. Luke 24, verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see, he's using the scripture. He's not mentioned in the Old Testament, for those that don't know. His name is not in the Old Testament. So he's using stuff in the natural, in nature, like we read in Romans 1.20. And he's showing them, listen, here I am. That rock that Moses had to hit to bring forth water, that's me. Because the second time I asked Moses to speak to the rock and he hit it again and now Moses ended up in the desert, dead. He didn't go to the promised land. I'm the rock. I'm the one that brings forth living water. Because Jesus, when he, what is the first thing Jesus said when he walked on the earth? I'm the rock. I'm the cornerstone. Living water comes out of me. He was an image of that rock. When Moses went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, in what did he hide? In a rock. Where do you hide today? In Christ. Why don't a demon touch you? Because you're in Christ. In that rock. When Moses went into that rock cliff, God's glory didn't kill him. Because he was, he was in Christ. If he was standing in the natural, and was he in a rock? Yeah, he was most probably in a cliff standing there. But God knew that had the spiritual meaning for us today in 2020. That's where Moses was standing. That's why his face was shining like Jesus' face was shining when he went up the mountain. Well, there was a picture of what Jesus was going to come and do on top of the mountain. To shine like a light bulb. Moses, only reason Moses shined like a light bulb, he was standing in Christ, in the rock. Which is our rock on which we are standing today. So here these guys are walking with Jesus. He's telling them, listen, here I am in the scriptures, in the first five books, hidden away. Um, and they arrive at the house and he breaks bread. See how precise is your Bible? It's when they break bread. It says in Luke, uh, verse 30 of Luke 24. And it came to pass as he sat at, at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke and gave to them. And their eyes were opened. Why with bread? Because he is the bread of life. That's why. Again, it's using that type bread as a body of Jesus Christ. It's a type of it. And he's doing it exactly at that place where he breaks the bread. Like his body was just broken three days ago on the cross. 
He's showing them the same thing. When his body was broken on the cross, when he broke the bread, they realized it was him sitting with them. Can you imagine that for a second? You know how long it must have taken them to walk all that way? This guy was telling them all this stuff when they thought, mm, what are you smoking? Why, why, why? Where do you get all this stuff that you're telling you in the old scriptures? Because they, they clearly didn't believe him because they still didn't know while they were sitting at home. There was something in it, but they, they weren't sure what was going on yet. But when he broke bread, they got it. How did they get it? Holy Spirit. Not the intellect. Holy Spirit revealed to them. It says there, And their eyes were opened, and they knew, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And then something supernatural happens also. That's why they ran so fast all the way back through the night. Huh? That will, You will also do that if something like that happens with you. All right. But they recognized him. But note what they're saying in verse 32. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he, while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scripture? See, they didn't believe him when he was talking, but something was happening in their hearts while he was telling them he's hidden in the scriptures of the Old Testament. Some of you might have felt one, one Monday when you were sitting and I'm saying something and that revelation hits you. And it hits you where? In your heart. That's where revelation will hit you. When the Holy Spirit shows you something and becomes alive in you, it will hit you in your heart. And then you will never forget it ever, ever again. When the revelation hits your heart. Knowledge you will forget. A revelation that the Holy Spirit gives you. You will never ever forget in your whole life. Okay. These guys are showing you. That's how it works. And it's still working the same way today. So sometimes when you sit there and you hear something. Or you, the Holy Spirit tells you something. It hits you. And you know this is from Him. That's what they're talking about. That experience they had the whole time on the road. They couldn't understand it or explain it. Because they didn't know what this was. But it was the Holy Spirit working in them. That's what kept them going, even though they didn't know what this guy was saying, to go and have bread with him in the house. That's why they invited him into the house, because of this experience they had the whole time happening in them. They couldn't explain what was going on. Okay, I can remember the years ago when I learned all of this stuff, I would sometimes sit there and I had to close my eyes, because it would, it's like an explosion happening inside of you when you, a revelation hits you. When you, you understand something that the Lord's teaching you, or He's showing you something new. Then you, I have to actually sit for a moment because it, it actually is such an impact in my spirit that you, you, you've you got to sit back for a while and just digest what just happened with you. Or what you this thing that's imparting in you, what you're hearing or whatever. And it happened to me like you guys are sitting here now. That's how I got this stuff. And it, the Holy Spirit could work with me because I allowed Him to teach me. Okay, so just so that you understand. So if you get that feeling, know what's happening with you. The Holy Spirit's busy teaching you, imparting something in you. That must become alive or life in you. Okay. Um, so, I said, yeah, in other words, you, uh, when he was walking with them as the risen Christ, and he started to share from Moses and the Pharisees and the prophets, explaining everything pertaining to him, it made their hearts become alive. That's what, what was happening with them. All right. We see later in Luke 24, verse 45. It says, then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. See who opens your understanding? Your intellect. No, he. 
Why is he still doing that today? He's looking for the people that's seeking him. For them, he will open it. He opens it, not you. But if you seek it, he will open it. He's the one opening it. Now, I'm going to start. What's the time? I'm going to start with an example that I'm going to talk a bit more, maybe next week or the week after that. I want to emphasize a bit more on this couple of things regarding this. But I want to talk about the lamb. But I'm going to use him as an example of what I'm saying here tonight. So you can understand when you read your Bible, you've got to look at the spiritual meaning of what it's saying. Because for the new people, if you read your Bible, it's got to say something for you that's alive in 2020. If Jesus was a rock in the Old Testament, it means nothing for you in 2020. But if you realize that rock is Jesus Christ and he... You, you don't have to hit him twice like Moses said. You can just speak to him today and he will give you living water. You can use that still today. That scripture in the Old Testament becomes alive for you today and you can use it for today. See how the Holy Spirit can take something older out of the Old Testament and make it alive that you can use it today. That's when the Holy Spirit gives life in the scriptures. That's what it means. Not you going to the Jewish culture and seeing what they all did and how they did the festivals. and how they did. There's beauty in that too. But that's not what it's about. That's, again, knowledge, physical stuff that you, you're pursuing. Which is, there's beauty in it. I also like that stuff. But that's not what it's about. It's about the spiritual meaning because that stuff is not making things alive for you today in 2020. It's just beautiful historical facts and things that you can remember and see the beauty in the scriptures. But it must be life for you today that you can use. It's got to be living water that you can drink today. And it's feeds you today so you can have fruit today out of that scripture that you read. Okay, that's a difference when we talk about this stuff. So, I want to talk about the lamb, and I'm going to use that as an example. So, if we look in the Old Testament in Exodus, again with Moses, he's saving his people. Remember, we spoke about it last week. Poor Moses. Thought he had a brilliant plan and he hit the guy and then the guy died and God said, no, I will use you in 40 years from now. Go get over yourself. Go die to yourself. Then I can use you. So, here we are at that place in the Bible where Moses, the 10 plagues have gone. It's now at the end of the 10 plagues and the last thing that's happening, uh, let me read it for you, Exodus 12 verse 13. So, you know where we are now. It's, there's only one plague left. The tenth one is still left. The one with the blood. Okay? Passover. Where Passover comes from. We spoke about for 20s or some odd sessions before this one. The Passover. The first festival. Right? And we don't want to talk about the festival. We, we've, in the previous sessions, we spoke about the spiritual meaning of the festivals. Not the doing the festivals like a lot of people are doing today. But in Exodus 12, verse 3, I'm going to read the Exodus 12, verse 3. Speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Okay. Recording of you on. You just testing because I'm sure if I can freeze it. So the cameras make not that I can't even see it. So I must not check. 
Okay, so if we read that verse, it says they had to apply the blood to the doors, this lamb. We all know the story. So I'm going to just mention a couple of stuff in that story. If they didn't do that, of course, the firstborn would die. Okay, that's the reasoning behind it. Verse 4 of Exodus 12, And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take an according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. We actually should have gone to the neighbors who were buying a lamb and asked them, it says in the Bible, if we can join them if they have too much. But it's, it's saying that if, you, if there were not enough people in the house, you could go to the neighbors, because a lamb is a certain size. And if you, we're going to read now they had to eat this thing. Everything. Okay? That's why you need a lot of people, because not everybody wants to eat everything of the lamb. I won't. Alright, verse 7. And they shall take off the blood and strike it on the two side post and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it. So you know the picture, the door, the two sides, and the top. Okay? What they did is, you can read some of the translations, they would say, that, but the blood was poured into a bowl and they used hyssop, it's a plant, a herb. And they brush, it's like a paintbrush, they brushed, used that to brush this blood, herb, um, this red blood on the, on the door. Note, there's no blood on the floor. Who ever thought of that? They didn't put blood on the floor. Just on the sides and the top. Because it's actually, a, I don't think I've got it in here now. But you can go and search for it. There's actually a verse in the Bible that says, we do not trample on, on Christ, on blood. That's why. Even so, even it came way later, that verse. It's just, we don't do that. That's why it was not on the floor. Okay. Just some interesting facts. Use it, don't use it, go look for it, whatever. It's there. Uh, Verse 8 of Exodus 12. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire. Where's my wife? Not cooked. It's going to be roast with fire when you eat meat. Huh? I was so happy when I read this. And I think there's a lot of guys that would like this verse. It doesn't say boiled in water or cooked or air fried or whatever. Huh? Roast on, with fire. At least we South Africans got something that we, we're doing right. And unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of the, it raw nor sodden at all with water, uh, with water, but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. For the Afrikaans people, I'm going to read it in Afrikaans because there's a couple of words that I didn't know, then you're also not going to maybe know. Jelle moet daarvan nie eet as dit rauw is en as dit in water gaar gekook is nie, maar oor die vier gebraai, die kop, die poekie saam met die binnengoed. Not boiled in water. Okay, I think that goes for vegetables too. I think we must look for that verse in the Bible. Okay, so you see here, they're getting told exactly what they must do with this lamb. To the T, every little thing is being told to them what to do with this lamb. So, like I've taught you, you've got to ask the question, Holy Spirit, why? Why are they doing this in such detail? Why were they told to do it in such detail? Explain to me now, 
so that it means something to me for the in this year 2020 that I can use it and grow in Christ. Okay, I'm just going to give you some examples here. Remember, natural things explain spiritual things. I've said that in the beginning when we started this evening. Why do we need to eat the head? Think spiritually. You've got to start thinking. It says so clearly you've got to eat the head. You've got to think spiritually. We must have the mind of Christ. Because who is the lamb? What is this picture, this type pointing to? Why do we need to eat the legs? We must have the walk of Christ. So if you walk outside there to, tomorrow, at your workplace, with your workers, your friends, your colleagues, how are you going to walk? Like Christ. What's your mindset got to be? Like Christ. Why do we need to eat the pertinence? We have to have the motives of Christ. What does it do? And come on, what does it do? Why do we need to eat the kidneys? The kidneys purified. We've got to be purified. Why do we need to eat the heart of the lamb? We must have the compassion of Christ in every day when we walk outside. Can you see how these natural things have a spiritual meaning? That's why it was said in such detail what they must eat and how it must be eaten. It wasn't on a fire. Why a fire? I'm making a joke about the fire and the bride, but it says something. Who is also mentioned as a fire, all-consuming fire in the New Testament? The Holy Spirit. He's the one that will take this offering and burn it. Okay. And not water, of course, the Holy Spirit can be seen as water, but why fire? Because fire cleans everything. All the filth, germs, dead with fire. That's why the Holy Spirit's burning in you, because He's busy cleaning you. Some of us need a bigger fire than others to get cleansed. But that's why, because if it's burned, like Australia, new life can come. And He will bring that new life forth. That fire that consumed that old sin in your life that you had, that you had to deal with and get out of the way. Okay. And verse 12, uh, verse 11 of Exodus 12, And thus shall ye eat it with your loins grind, uh, girded, sorry, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So that's the first festival we spoke about so many times, but we're focusing on the lamb here. Okay? Remember the household had to eat this whole lamb. That's why you had to call in the neighbors if you didn't have a big family, so that because the whole thing is going to be eaten. Everything. So and it's all everything had to be eaten that evening. Okay. So think about it now. When they walked out of Egypt, the Israelites, when they walked out of Egypt, who walked with them out there? With the lamb. Because they consumed him and took him with them. Think about it, what I'm saying. Every household consumed a lamb. And here's a picture of Jesus Christ. So as they walked out of Egypt, he walked with them. See the picture of him there? 
He was with him. He was in them. Where is he staying now? But as Paul said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. See how everything is a picture of where we're standing now. And remember, when they walked out there, why I'm saying this is because, let's say my household, we were there and we had to eat this lamb. I would eat the fillet and, and the loin chops and they had to eat the legs and the head and the kidneys and all that stuff. But as we walk together with the body of Christ, because all of that pieces makes the lamb. That's why we cannot do this ministry thing as a lone ranger on our own. That's why we need one another because I might have a lung and you might have a toe and you might have a heart and you might have a hair and a head and a toe and a finger and a whatever. Because, but everything together makes the body. Okay? But I want you to see the picture. That's why it's such a beautiful picture to realize when they walked out of there. With, what are they walking out of there? They walked with the Lamb. And the Lamb is Jesus Christ when they left Egypt. Okay? Now in John 1 verse 29. John 1 verse 29. The next day John sees Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Why did he say that? Because remember, there were a lot of people watching this John character. He dressed funny. He looked funny. He did things different than what religion is doing. And he's saying there's a Messiah coming and all this and make ready the way for the Messiah. Um, but he's using specific words here which they will relate to and know exactly what he's saying. And uh, like we've read in the Bible, who was one of the biggest people listening to him when he was saying, talking there? The Pharisees. They were also there, listening to what this guy is actually saying. Now, remember what we spoke about so many times, Deuteronomy 16, 16. It's a verse we spoke about so many times in the previous sessions that speaks about the three festivals. It says that the three, three times in a year shall all the, thy males appear before the Lord thy God in that place which he shall choose in the feast of unleavened bread, Passover, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles. See the three feasts. Passover, Pentecost, feast of tabernacles. The three feasts. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty. So the Passover had to do with the lamb. The first festival that's mentioned in Deuteronomy 16.16. So, when John was saying this, he was pointing to that that happened in Exodus, when they were walking out of Egypt, the last plague, the lamb that was taken there that had to be eaten. So every person standing next to the water when John was saying that, every Pharisee knew to the letter exactly what he was pointing to, and that's why they didn't like it. Because he was telling these Pharisees that the Messiah is coming, and this is the one that you were, that was pointing to us when they left Egypt, that we were eating. That's why we did that. And they didn't like hearing that, because they didn't believe the Messiah was there. But he was saying that specifically so they can relate that old thing, natural thing that occurred, and make it for them alive when they were living all of a sudden. And they knew what was saying. You see how they used the scripture? 
into when they were living to make it alive. So that's why we've got to make it alive again today. Because they were doing it there again. Bringing life to the thing. So. Uh, sorry, it's going to get close my eyes now. So the moment John uttered these words, the Pharisees knew exactly what he was saying, what he was pointing to, and that he's actually saying, this John character is actually, that this guy coming now is actually the lamb that was eaten in Egypt, and they didn't like that connotation to the two. They didn't like it at all. So, let's put it this way. Since the day of Exodus, until Jesus walked the earth, millions of sheep were slaughtered. You hear what I'm saying? Until... The day of Exodus when they left Egypt and they ate the lamb and walked with him out of Egypt in them. Until Jesus set foot and said, I am the lamb. Millions upon millions of little lambs were offered. It's seen as an offering. Okay. For the new people, I'm going to explain this. The others, it's a recap, but that's why something that's so beautiful for me, one of the big things that, that really hit me when I realized this is... They walked out of Egypt, they ate the lamb. Yet Jesus comes and says, I am the lamb. But even before he said that, it was shown that he is the lamb. Because remember, we just went through Christmas. When the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field. Okay, remember the angels didn't appear to the anybody else they appeared to the shepherds in the field saying to them listen today this and this and this we all know the story i don't want to talk about that like i taught you you've got to ask the question lord why did the angels appear to the shepherds not to the carpenters not to the fishermen why the shepherds what are you saying to me in 2020 that's going to make this thing become alive the scripture become alive for me the shepherds that were there were Shepherds that were breeding sh lambs for offerings. That's what they were doing. That's their work. They were experts in breeding lambs. They were experts in identifying the lambs that were ready for offering. Because it's going to be a spotless lamb. They knew exactly how to look at a lamb to see if it's spotless or not. They were masters in their craft and what they were doing. These guys. And God told the angels to speak to them. For a reason. So these angels went to them. And. These expert lamb experts. Took their stuff. And they walked. This thing that the angel said. And they went and they found the place. Where we were laying with, with Jesus. With her. They didn't go there because. This is a nice thing to do. Or a decent thing to do. Because this lady had a baby. To say congratulations. They went there because of what the angel said. They knew what they had to go and do. And what did they need to go and do? They needed to go to the lamb. To see that the lamb laying there is the true lamb. And he is spotless. They had to say he is spotless. Like the rituals was and how they were doing it for years and years and years. And here God saw to it that they will go and actually go to the lamb, the last one that will be offered, and say, listen, we see this is truly 
spotless lamb. It's so beautiful if you understand that. That's why that scripture is in your Bible. Not to say that they went there to say congratulations to Jesus being born. It's so much more to that. There's so much more beauty to that. That's why you will realize why the wise men were never there at that time, like you were taught in your church. They came two years later. So it's that in your Bible, but you were never taught that. But here, they went there because they had to go inspect as they were masters of inspecting lambs, and they heard this is the lamb. And that's why John the Baptist said that also. The Lamb of God is now here. Because every time it pulls and points back to what happened in Exodus. Okay. So, you must never forget that piece. Go read it again. And you will see the beauty in that thing and what they did there. But they actually declared there that the Lamb is ready to be sacrificed. But it's the Lamb. It's not the little lambs anymore. Because... All the lambs that were sacrificed up to that day pointed to the one lying in the crib. I hope you got that. All the lambs from Exodus till that day when they went to inspect the lamb were all an image, a picture, a type pointing to the lamb that was lying there in the crib. In the crib there. That's what they were doing. It's actually a huge thing that was actually happening there. Alright, I hope you will never forget that in your Bible scheme, that, but that's important to understand what is actually happening there. So, all of a sudden those shepherds knew, actually what those shepherds actually did know is they're out of business. Because their business is going to fold. Because they're not going to be able to sell lambs actually anymore. I wonder what they went and did after that, because they, they probably had still lambs for food, but... They'd, those shepherds knew what was happening there. And they knew exactly what was going on there. They were fortunate enough to be part of that whole thing that the Lord wanted to show us there. All right, Leviticus 17.11. Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make it an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So here it shows you that the flesh has got something to do with blood. It's like a picture of blood, an image of blood. Yeah, it shows you. That's why um, when Jesus said, I have to give my blood, he was actually saying he's going to give his life, his body. He's going to die. That's what it says. Again, a picture. Um, 1 Peter 1 verse 18. 1 Peter 1 verse 18. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain cons conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish, without spot. Okay? I'm just emphasizing that, that you can see that. So, who are they pointing to in all these scriptures? Jesus Christ. That's what they're pointing to. It says in Revelations 5 verse 2, Revelations 5 verse 2, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof? 
And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders says unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. There wasn't a real little sheep there. It's again spiritually, using a natural thing to explain spiritual things. Jesus, as it has been slain, having seven horns. This is an ugly lamb, eh? What type of lamb has got seven horns? And seven eyes. Now the church go and make a lot of things out of these verses because they want to take it into the natural. They don't see it's spiritual they're talking about here. They would say, oh, the lamb is spiritual because that's Jesus. But okay, the horns and the other, oh, no, no, this is going to be dragons and demons and stuff. We don't know what's going on here. Then they will start using a lot of different stuff. I'm not going to go into that now. Which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto the earth. Why seven horns? I'm just going to put that out there so you can remember it. What does horns talk about? show about speak about when you go and hunt like umiani always taught me when you go and hunt which deer buck do you shoot the one with the little horns or the female one or the one with the big horns the kudu with the big horns why on the photos how do they stand with the photos always showing the horns huh? it's normal because horns speaks about this buck that i shoot or this kudu that i shoot it's a big male strong authority every time a horn is used in the bible it speaks about authority when it was blown remember what we said last week Saul was anointed with the you remember it is not angles um a vessel um what is it the angles a clip uh because my dad was about this yeah, I'm just gonna say earn. The plot from an Afrikaans is the Erde Kruik. A clay, a clay pitch. I don't know. But last week we said Saul was anointed with a clay pitch, man-made. David was anointed with a horn, blood. And I said to you, that's why today we can see which people are anointed with a man-made thing and which people are anointed with blood. We can see the difference. It's a huge thing. Horns always speak about authority. The number seven in your Bible, what does it always mean? Spiritual perfection. Go look in your Bible. Every time you see the number seven in your Bible, it speaks about spiritual perfection. So it's saying this lamb is even spiritually perfect. It's got perfect, you see that what I'm saying is, it's got perfect authority, this one, and it's got seven eyes, eyes is insight, spiritual insight, and it's got seven, it's got perfect spiritual insight, this lamb, that changes the whole thing about this lamb, you can see it's Jesus, he's not making a, Jesus look like something weird and funny here, yeah? he's talking spirit, horns, perfect authority, he's got perfect insight, this lamb that's going to open this this book now okay so can you see 
are the natural things coming out of Exodus. I'm going to end here tonight. I'm not going to go any further now. Um, uh, can you see how these natural things of Exodus were pointing to the cross, pointing to Jesus Christ, that had to give His blood, and we all know it as Passover, this festival that we, we have. But it's got a lot to do with seeing how this natural thing, a lamb, had so much depth and meaning in it further. And we're going to touch on more stuff later on this. I'm just starting with this just to show you some of the stuff here. But I hope in what I've said so far, it will open you to get hungry to be led by the Spirit to see this stuff. Because we need to learn that the natural stuff is pointing to something spiritual. Your whole Bible is that way. And that's why I've always said, if you read your Bible, you've got your physical Bible, there's physical stories in there and it's beautiful. But that's baby food. You need the Holy Spirit to take you deeper into the Bible and what is written actually there. And then you can't be a baby because you're not going to understand that anymore. Babies can't read and see the deeper stuff. You've got to be more mature to see the deeper stuff that's written there. And the only one that can teach you that's the Holy Spirit. But you need to walk and grow so that He can teach you this stuff and, and show you this stuff. And get this mentality of the temple is going to be destroyed in three days and thinking, oh, they're talking about the physical temple. You've got to get that mindset out of you that's not of the Lord, that mindset. That's from religion. You were taught that in religion. They had that same problem 2,000 years ago. Remember the big one, I mean, we might talk about it later, the big verse in the Bible where you can see how religion is still active today is where Jesus broke the bread and the fish. The miracles were happening and the crowds were there. And as soon as he walked and said, drink my blood and eat my flesh, they ran and left him. Because they were thinking, oh, I've got to go eat this guy. He's a, probably a vampire or I've got to drink his blood. Uh, okay, this is not for us. These guys, I don't know what sect they're in, but we're not following them anymore. And everybody left. They just saw the miracles. They all left. Even his disciples came and said, well, 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 how's this kingdom going to work then? And he tells them, listen, go. Because what was the word they used there, which I taught you? They actually says in your Bible, his own disciples said, ouch, that hurt. When he said that, drink my blood. Because what were they doing? Even though they were walking with him, they still didn't get Stop thinking fleshly. He was pointing to spiritual meaning of blood and the bread and his body and everything. What was going to happen? They didn't. They looked into the natural again, thinking he's talking about drinking physical blood and eating physical human flesh. He was not saying that. But again, so how we are thinking and taught to think is in the natural. They were also taught to think in the natural, being a Pharisee and all that. They were also taught to think in the natural. But Jesus came and changed that whole thing and said, no, he always showed the natural because it had a spiritual meaning. So if we start reading our Bible that way, your Bible will become alive to you today and you would want to read everything in your Bible because it will have meaning in your Bible that you've never seen before and only the Holy Spirit can show you that. Okay, so thank you. I hope you've enjoyed it. And next week we'll continue with this lamb and the spiritual side. And then in the week after that, I'm going to go even more with the lamb. Okay. Thanks. Any questions? You come up, sir. Any questions? Any question?
Dan is het Ik heb hem gewit, dan gaan we die vraag doen blauw gehighlight is zo. En oe, i, i, oe, met een streepje boven je oe. En oe, i, i, oe, met een boven je oe. Want die Grieks geeft jou meer mening op je woord. Want dat wat ik gezegd, daar staat niet aan de stoet. Maar als je gaat kijken in Grieks, want wat hij taal doen, dat is ook. Ik heb een keer een teacher, ik ga het weer doen in Engels, want ik heb het niet gerecord over hoe je Bijbel te lezen. Waar de Jeruzalem so precies was om te weten dat het Grieks altijd relevant geweest In Grieks zit zoveel so meer oomf over een beschrijving, over een ding. Die Jeruzalem is so perfect geweest wanneer je aarde komt met Grieks in, in Aramees en eigenlijk dat die talen wat gaan gepraat worden, dat het kan gebruikt worden om hierdie ding te. Maar als je dit gaat zien wat het betekent, dan ga je zien dat ze alles wat ik gezegd kan zitten, precies, think on the stoel, observe het gelijk woord meer. Dat is wat ons gewone taal van Amsterdam is Afrikaans. Afrikaans is die baie betekenis wat het woord het. Ons taal is nog jong. Engels het baie meer betekenisse. Want het is een oude taal. Dus ik sê Engels het meer woorden. En die Grieks nog zoveel so te meer. Om het dan meer vlees te gee. Om hem te verduidelik. Dat is maar die grote reden. Dus je gebruik die Grieks om te denk bij sê slim vir mense nie. Je gebruik Grieks om te wijzen hoe die woord meer. Om hem meer te verduidelik. Meer praktisch wat het kan betekenen. Want ons woord is soos ek altijd vir julle sê liefde. Als het Afrikaans is, liefde. En dan zeg ik altijd: je is liever een hamburger en je is liever je vrouw. Doesn't make sense. Want ons zit hier nog een woord daarvoor. Ons zit hier nog een woord in ons taal daarvoor. In Engels is het hetzelfde probleem. Love. I love food and I love my wife and I love my dog and I love watching this or that. Maar in je rechte taal kan je zien als een klomp verschillende woorden voor liefde. Wat ons niet meer heet. Zo so is alles om de eigenaars meer vlees te geven. Dat is maar niet overleden. Beantwoord het jou vraag. <laughs> ja, die exodus. Ja. Die wat het? Die, die, wat het die, oor die pertinence, binnen goed. We must have the motives of Christ. Die motieve. Pertinence is binnen goed, Lani. Ek het jy so gesikkel het, Afval in Engels. Het is afval in Engels. Kidneys is purity in die hart is compassion of Christ. Maar het is mooi te zien hoe kom hij detail in die Bijbel gesit is. Want dit over die keer gesit, of Jesus sit, staan, loop, die detail sê iets. Dus ik kom het so gesit, hoe kom het hy boop die put van Jacob gaan sit, nie langs die put van Jacob. Want hy seel die ou lewe, ou Jacob. Nee, allai goeie kies, maar ons nog veel hoor van het woord. Maar ik heb nog bij versies vele van een beetje meer verduidelik soos Romeine 21 wat ik al voorin genoem het, maar nog nooit verduidelik het nie. Um, wat in Romeine 21 staan. Right. Nog enige vraag? Zal niet is hier, daar is toch koeka binnen, is hier op koekie? Die wat nog lissenskoek? 